0: Hello, it's Nick Byard here, host of the Sunday Morning Writing Session. Thank you for watching. This next episode is a catch-up of a live podcast that we filmed on Twitch. So it should be a lot of fun, but it might just be a little bit messy. So just, just bear that in mind. But yeah, thank you for watching, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunday Morning Writing Session with me, Nick Byard. My name is Nick Byard. I am the promoter. Of mates, rates, comedy. I'm a stand-up comedian based in Reading, and I'm the host of this show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, da, 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 and then start video. Start video. Hi guys. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's so great uh, that we've managed to get the jingle to work. I'm very happy with that. Uh, so this, yeah, this is the the Sunday morning writing session. This post is all about creativity. And how it can benefit anyone. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ! Hey, <laughs> this, <laughs> its all about—it's all about how art is for everyone, and how anyone can benefit from it. Uh, and, and yeah, the motto of the show is Pod- the, the podcast tells you to do art badly, and uh, and apparently, podcast production shoddily as well. Uh, yeah, I think I think basically that the, the reason Detra of this show is that uh, you know when you're young. You are creative. You know, you you enjoy it. I remember when I was young, scribbling, drawing was a big part of my life. And then when you get older, you 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 tend to lose it. You tend to get sucked up into a career. I think what is quite prevalent is this idea that you know, if you're going to do art, you have to make money off it, or you have to be really good at out of it. And what what we're trying to do with this podcast is try and show that actually art is for everyone, and anyone can benefit from it. And you know it it's great if you can do it well and if you can make money off it and make your life off it um you know all power to you and that's an amazing thing and and we support you but also if you're if you're someone who's just doing it for yourself uh and and you're not great at it but you you, you just do it anyway there's something hugely valuable in that and and it can make your life bigger i've said this multiple times in this show i was sucked into the political movement uh, of socialism, which, you know, I'm still a part of, but uh, that it, it definitely meant I neglected other parts of my life. And that by doing dancing and then stand-up comedy, my world got bigger. And also I think i become a much more reasonable person, uh, much more fun in general. So, you know, I'm personally someone who, who has benefited hugely from being part of art and being part of the artistic process. And you can too. Uh, and, you know, you don't have to be amazing at it. It could be just doing morning pages, doing things like writing your thoughts out every morning uh, or, uh, or or, you know, keeping a journal. All of these activities are hugely beneficial. So, yeah, that, that's really what this podcast is about. And we're going to be we're going to be talking to people at the forefront of the UK's creative scene. Uh, you know, on the front line, we're talking to frontline artists. We're going to find out. A bit more about them we're going to find out what makes them tick and we're going to learn about their writing process now before you know before i go into these interviews i probably should give full disclosure although i'm very happy with my set uh, my my stand-up set and you know i work really hard in it and, I, and if you're a promoter out there i hope you book me I, you know i'm not the greatest stand-up comedian in the world and i'm not coming from a position of that this is this is about me learning from the people i'm interviewing about how they write their material and then hopefully i'll be able to learn from them and get better so this is me and you uh, the audience are going to go on a journey together and we're gonna we're gonna learn about how to be better artists from the people that I am interviewing on this show uh, and and we have a really we have a really great uh lineup of people we're talking to today we've got Izzy Lawrence who is who's a real deal who's a children's author and a stand-up comic someone who is asked my people more important than me uh, about her thoughts and the creative process. And it, so it's very exciting. You might have noticed I'm a bit more nervous than usual. It's because we have, have this brilliant uh, creative person on that I'm very spe- excited to talk to. And we have the incredible Liz Gussbock on later, who is a stand-up comic who I really like and a very reliable stand-up comic as well. She, she did, uh, she, um, she MC'd Mates Rates Comedy and did an incredibly good job. Uh, like and it was very well organised as well. So if you, again, if you're a promoter out there, Liz is not only a great comic, but also also someone who does the the admin and shows up on time and does all that sort of stuff, which is hugely important. But before we talk to these hugely uh, creative and exciting people, this is my show, and we have the part where I'm going to tell you about what's going on in my life, because you know that's that's how these podcasts work. Uh, if you're not watching this live though, you. You can just skip this. I won't hold it against you. I, I'm sure I'm sure people do, but you can also get something from it. Anyway, so what's going on in my life? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. I I gave blood on Monday, which which was great. I, I love giving blood. Uh, that makes me sound like a pretentious idiot. But uh no, it's good. It's 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 basically free free karma. That's how I see it. You you and it's i mean, at the moment it's just nice to leave the house. Uh and yeah, you, you show up and uh the people are all very professional it's quite nice interacting with strangers because it's like oh i'm making these i am funny it's like you know because it's quite hard to realize when you're when you're just in your house all the time uh making these jokes to yourself you you can kind of forget uh that you're funny but then when you're talking to people uh and you know making little jokes and making them laugh it's it's nice there's a good feeling in making strangers life laugh in daily conversation so that was nice uh going in and giving blood and uh interacting with people and also just being around good people who want to help the world and uh, there were no complications it was very good the nurses are very professional i think it's a really honorable profession being a nurse it's you know it's one of those jobs where you need empathy Uh, and i and i'm hugely admiring of any job where empathy is part of the job description and, and, you know, I'm lucky to work with a lot of nurses in my day job, which is which is the other thing, actually, the other exciting thing. I've been given a bonus for my work on the COVID-19 vaccine. It's not a huge bonus. It's a it's a public sector bonus and it will be taxed. But I mean, this is it's, for me, this is a huge thing because uh, when I started this job, it was I had a bit of a tough time, to be honest, uh, starting out um you know the coronavirus hit two weeks after my job and then i was immediately working from home so to have gone from a place where i was i was having you know struggling quite a bit to now where i'm a full part of the team and i'm actually getting rewarded for my work is such a it's such a huge thing i mean it's really it's really good if i feel really pleased and really happy about it and but one of the things i found is that if you're a single person people don't really talk about this but if you're single and you live away from your family um it it is quite hard to celebrate things because it's not like i mean you can hang out with your i mean you can't hang out with your friends now but it's not like uh, there's no one really there who can just you know tap you on the shoulder and be like good job nick you've done good and it's kind of i don't know it's kind of sad not having that uh look i remember i remember did uh, an improv show a couple of uh in the before times and and you know I, i didn't tell anyone to go to it because uh I still have this stand up kind of slight dismissive attitude of improv, even though it's been a huge, good part of my life and I didn't tell anyone to go. And it was a, it was a kind of a, it was a thing where you, the audience votes each time and who's the funniest and it eventually gets narrowed down to one person. And I won that improv competition. Um, and it was great. It was really good, but there was just no one there um, to celebrate with because I didn't tell my family to come and they live far away. And uh, I hadn't. I mean, I, actually, I tell you, who did come out for me? Mango Stone, Marley, Marnie Slade, a great stand-up comic in reading. So I say I had no one to read with. I had the incredible, supporting Marnie uh, come and watch me. So actually, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be so sad about myself because I've got I've got a lovely group of um, of old lesbian women who are who are happy to support me. Which which really, I mean, is 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 good. I mean, I think everyone wants a bunch of old lesbian women to have their back. I, I think that is the best thing in the world. So actually, no, I should be happy. I've just realised that just now and I feel good about myself. Uh, what else is new? Okay, let's let's try and finish this on something positive. Oh yeah, I'll tell you what is, uh, I went to the park yesterday and it was, uh, it was one of the most heartwarming things. So I have not left the house much because of my job and because of just, you know, I don't naturally leave the house if I don't have a reason, unfortunately. I'm not particularly motivated to do physical exercise so so um you know this lockdown obviously hasn't been great for that but i went to the park yesterday and there were a group of people who were sat in the park and they were playing instruments and they were singing and i just sat near them not not too close because i didn't want to be creepy and just sat and wrote, wrote my notepad and listened to them sing and it was really nice just these people making music and as I walked by, I just caught one of their eye, and they waved at me, and I mouthed "thank you" at them, and they smiled, and it was a really nice human interaction. And it really gives me faith that when this is over, I I really think we are going to be a bit kinder and gentler to each other. I think the world is going to be a. I mean, there's going to be lots of problems. I know it's if you're if you're not a middle class office worker, you're going to have really tough times, and they're going to be tough for a long time. And I'm in a very privileged position but I also think I think we're learning to be less judgmental of how people look and that we are um we, we know we've all been through something together and and it might it might only last a couple of months it might only, it might last a generation but I think there's going to I think I think the world's going to be warmer and more gentle and on that on that pretentious and uh, <laughs> um, self-indulgent note um we I'm going to introduce my co-host for the show so he's a good friend of mine. He is the MC of Mates Rates Comedy. He's my business partner, and he's just a funny. He's a funny man. Uh, can yeah, Carl? Are you are you there?
1: And I want to say that I am. I am a friend of yours, but I'm not one of your old lesbian friends. No,
0: unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How
0: are you doing, mate? I wish I
1: was. I wish I was.
0: Yeah, I know. You'd have probably been praised in the section of this podcast
1: alright.
0: How are yeah, you doing I'm good, mate? Man. I'm good I'm good you know. And uh, yeah well any, any anecdotes from the week?
1: <laughs> any anecdotes from the week? <laughs> it's been a slow one it's been a slow one I, all right I, I, I did one. I'm thinking about making this maybe into a bit so we'll just jump right into this quick. Yeah I was um me and my girlfriend uh we don't live together and obviously we're trying to do one of these lockdown relationships it can be quite difficult um so we Found ourselves eating pizza in a car park the other day. A lot of meetings outside, eating junk food outside. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. And, and we're doing this right. And uh, yeah, we sort of we, both of us have um, eat, hadn't eaten poor food in quite a while. So we sort of picked up this pizza a little bit like a you know, like a bit like a junkie score. And it was oh, take, it, take it to a car park. We're eating this pizza, and we didn't realize that the car park was actually next to a play group. Uh. So we're eating this pizza and then i've just look, looked up and there's a bunch of like three-year-olds just sort of watching us eat pizza i don't know have you ever felt judged by toddlers before nick oh yeah all the time yeah <laughs> <So> <laughs> i feel like they're judging me
0: on what i'm wearing <laughs> uh I, I try and just avoid toddlers because i think they're quite mean <laughs> sorry yeah so I'm, I I they're, they're, like... looking
1: it, they're looking at a sort of going look they're eating pizza in a car park. Like, yeah,
0: I hope that isn't me. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it was almost like you know, the, then the nursery nurse sort of went and like closed the curtains, like, well, oh, you not want to be like that, children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stop, stop, stop uh, Stop staring yeah. at the degenerates. Children. <laughs> like a mouthful of pepperoni, like, <laughs> you know, what i mean? feeling ashamed. Yeah, this that was your treat for the week, Carl, and it was
0: ruined by a bunch of fucking toddlers. It was. Sorry, this is this is, this is is marked uh, as you can swear in this podcast because it's marked as, <laughs> as not for children, so it's fine. Uh, yeah.
1: Oh. So that was well, my heart that got ruined, but yeah.
0: There you go. All right, okay, well, that's, that's kind of sad, but at least the pizza was good. <laughs> yeah, it was. All right, well, Carl, do you want to hear what I've written this week? Go for it, mate. Okay. I talk to God, but I think we might have a toxic relationship because I blank him all day unless I'm feeling anxious. Or want to complain about his work one of my favorite things about christianity is god starts off passionate and wrathful in the old testament then hits middle age raises the sun and mellows out doesn't flood nietzsche rain on him or nothing and then being a marxist makes it hard to enjoy nice things i see how it is why eat the rich when you can have a domino's pizza and that joke is sponsored by domino's pizza <laughs> Uh, emotions are like a stranger's breasts, because if you're a man you can't feel them. (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) That's my favourite one. Uh, Jogging is like the fall of the Roman Empire, because no one gives a shit about the fall of the Roman Empire. Uh, It's fucked up. The only emotions you can feel as a man are anger and horniness. My brother made me a cup of tea in bed to save the relationship I had to punch him repeatedly in the face. The niche emotions, wonderlust, shade and Freud—they're out the window. I had to fuck the Grand Canyon because I had—I couldn't feel a sense of wonderment. A uh, wonderment. I fumbled the wording of that. Beautiful image, it? The things you do to avoid being called a pussy. Okay, uh, there's a lot of—I didn't realise there would be so much um,
1: profanity in this week's writing, but there you go. I had a great image in my head then of you fucking the ground. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like in, in between us. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah
0: so you yeah, know i'm happy with what i've written uh this this week uh yeah right um so there's a bit of, there's a lot of angst i think
1: the boob job's great yeah i like that
0: one i think you, that you like a little
1: uh-huh.
0: as well at the end or is that I too could much do that i don't know i'm afraid <laughs> of doing that <laughs> you just do things that you're afraid of nick i went i i, I went into my shower at the mere thought of uh, of of that <laughs> be brave be strong yeah i'm just i just need to grow my emotions that's what i'm
1: saying yeah <laughs> that's all you're saying <laughs> <laughs> i need to grow my emotions <laughs> <laughs> hey i think we just come up with the topper for that All right, there you go you
0: can have that yeah i don't need to write it down <laughs> cuz <'cause> it's recorded <laughs> All right, well, let's see. Has anyone written anything in the comments? Uh, You've also paid 50 quid for shaving of the Parmesan. Uh, I thought that would have made more funny in... Oh, oh, he's talking about you, Carl, and your cheese and your um, your pizza. Uh, morning from Graham, by the way. Hi, Graham. Uh, morning, you. all. And then too much. Oh,
1: god. <laughs> <laughs> said too much. Graham thinks groping our emotions is too much. Ah, uh, Graham would think that he's not in touch with his emotions. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of relationship we have with our audience that uh, that you will happily make a comment, and then we will we'll we'll use our knowledge to get you. Yeah. And and yeah. Our, our audience um, thinks that we're sharing too much, which is um, <laughs> not the normal dynamic, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. It is funny. I like how we've managed to make this podcast, but keep in the dynamic of being heckled by members of the public.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Because that's what that's what Joe Rogan doesn't have, does he? No, he he doesn't get heckled by days. people as he makes it. No, well, maybe it's because I would imagine their comment section would be a bit unmanage- unmanageable, whereas ours might be. You know, not to downplay it, but a little that's bit more manageable. <laughs>
0: No, it's because it's because Joe Rogan is afraid, and we are real men who are willing to deal with uh, with heckles in the comic. Oh, and then Graham said, "Oh no, not the boot honk, the emotion honk." <laughs> 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 okay, so it's fine. Okay, um, the boob honk that. Okay, We're, this has become a writing workshop, hasn't it? Uh, with with yeah, with, yeah about this specific joke. Uh, Okay, well, look, there's lots of stuff for me to use in, in my writing. But anyway, let's not talk about my material anymore because we've got some really fantastic guests that are going to be on the podcast. So our first guest, she's a con- a, a comedian. I mean,
1: I... <laughs> 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 we can't ignore what you just did. <laughs> there's no way we can our first guest is a cunt. No, we can't. <laughs> <We> no, <can't. laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Uh, <laughs> oh,
0: God. I'm just stumbling my words. That
1: was the best stumble ever. <laughs> 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 That's the next clip we're using to advertise this no. show. <laughs> <laughs> we're
0: going to edit that out because um, it's not how I... Our next guest is a comedian based in... <laughs> in London she's really funny <laughs> she's, she's yeah she's great and she's d- done a really good job Let, let's talk to her now not before I, not before I say before I say anything terrible uh Liz Scootapot can you join the hey Liz
2: hi,
0: um,
2: hi. Um, please um... don't edit that out because <laughs> that is like I was see the thing that you meant to say you meant to say our next guest has a cunt <laughs> instead of you know the other thing yeah yeah I didn't I, mean, I, I, I honestly could, I could have one and be one that is possible there's but.
0: nothing subliminal going on
2: there
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just uh,
2: <laughs> I love it so much <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, can we just edit? Can we just pretend that didn't happen? Let, no, let's do no, Dude, no,
2: you no. gave me my first, you know, my opening line. I, this is the thing. You said it was a writer's workshop. The workshop is happening right Yay. now. Yay.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, right. Okay. We have fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Liz, um, thank, you so mu- <laughs> okay. thank you so much. It's
3: okay. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for joining the podcast, uh, and I'm sorry for calling you um, a cunt. Uh, that was, <laughs> uh, that was, um, you're, now obviously you're, you're a really great stand-up and a really great sketch writer as well. Can, but is, is that, can you tell me a bit about how you define yourself as an artist? Is it, is it those two things mainly, or have, or, you know, and maybe tell me a bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, uh, Thank you so much for having me, Nick. Also, uh, I, I heard at the top, you said that I'm great at admin, and I love praise and I am great at admin. So maybe I would describe myself as um, a, yeah, an admin comedian. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would say, I would say uh, yeah, I'm a, so I'm a stand up comedian. I'm i um, I'm an improviser. So I do oh. comedy improv. Uh, I'm part of uh, a few teams at the Free Association in London. So I've been doing improv for a while um, which is why I could make a funny joke about being a cunt um, and let's uh, see what I know I keep bringing it up I'm going to make Nick blush the whole time he's going to be <laughs> the color of my backdrop I'm so sorry but yeah so um, stand-up comic um, improviser uh, writer and um, you know I, I am an actress I have done some acting but I would say uh, the the main activities that you know oh I'm also and I'm a voiceover artist as well so
0: that's awesome okay so we've yeah. got so- Oh, I can't wait to hear all the stuff then about of your process but I mean yeah. before we get into that I mean how how are you coping with lockdown uh and the situation of the world we're in at the moment
2: yeah I mean I would say it's been real d- day day by day um I think at first like in first lockdown I couldn't do anything creative I just had to kind of get on with the the daily, you know, washing myself. I needed to make sure <laughs> that I was like doing the basic, doing the basics, you know? It was really hard. And I I couldn't face it. Also, I think there was a little bit, I don't know how you guys felt, but there was a sense of kind of mourning of uh like we were in mourning for a live performance just completely going away. That was really, really tough.
0: Yeah, we uh, had to mourn you I completely agree with you. I had yeah. to you have to
1: grieve for our old life and what we had lost. Yeah. Uh, because of the... part of your identity, doesn't it?
2: Oh, it's absolutely uh, that, Carl. Yeah, like, It's it,
1: yeah. away, and you're like, oh I'm just a bloke." Or <laughs>
2: yeah. Or yeah. I'm just a cunt, you know? I'm just, I'm like it becomes yeah. really it becomes really hard to deal yeah. with when you're sitting in your room by yourself. It's you're like, well, at an
1: least... artistic cunt. Just just yeah, at least Nick least at least Nick Byard likes me. Oh no. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh no, no, he doesn't. And the least I could do is bathe, you know, for <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it's it's been really up and down, I would say. I and I think that probably everybody would say that. You know, I'm very lucky. I, I think it's been Without sounding too, um, I don't mean to sound. Yeah, it's kind of been like counting my blessings and trying to look around for the things that are good. Have been the thing that have that that's kept me going. I think in between lockdown one and two, I was able to do some live performances, which was oh. really great. I was in some shows at the Free Association. Uh, they had a residency at Battersea Arts Centre, and that was really great. And then I did some gigs at Jericho Comedy in Oxford. Uh. But again, you know, it was people in masks or drive-in gigs. And I, I think one thing I was afraid of in lockdown was that I would just not wanna perform or that I wouldn't miss comedy. And I think there came a point when I was really excited. I was like, oh, I do miss it. Oh, I do love it, Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know? I don't know if you guys had that. I have all. to,
0: yeah, no, it's a similar thing where, um, I mean, it's incredible what you're grateful for. Me, me and Cole did a, a gig at the Butler which is just a, a pub a bit of a not a rough pub but it's a pub next to a motorway in Reading and they have a they have a weekly um open night night that they were doing outside next to the motorway and I tell you what normally in the pre-lockdown times I would be I'd maybe do that if I was desperate to get stage time but yeah. I mean, oh this is a bit rubbish but I did it and it was really good and I felt so grateful for this gig yeah. where
1: yeah. we were being
0: heckled by emergency services vehicles in the, before, and... in the
1: before time you would have gone i'm not doing that you know i've got to go to the problem yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. opportunity came up and it's like you perform outside and it literally as i was performing right i hadn't performed in what nearly six months so you're nervous you're real real nervous again yeah. i'll just come on stage and a fire truck goes past <laughs> woo, woo, woo. <laughs> i mean like could yeah being heckled by the emergency services
0: and the man oh, giving out so giving out
1: pasties as well. Oh,
2: halfway. Yeah. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like god!
1: Selling kind of sell his pasties during my set.
2: <laughs> you can't, you can't make it up. Yeah, it was
1: the best One gig of, in the world. I had yeah. to embrace it, and you had to embrace this. Is this is just cool that I'm even doing this? It felt quite, uh, felt a little bit punk rock, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like Gorilla show a little bit. Because
2: nothing says punk rock like a pasty. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no definitely and
0: so I, yeah toasted totally you get you on the, on and also the when you re- remember you like it as well yeah. that's a great thing so look tell me tell me about what what's your how do you produce let's maybe talk about the different things so how do you go about writing stand up comedy Liz?
2: so i think i i was thinking about this in the before times it was very much um have an idea you know i i had very specific 5 minute 10 minute sets what i was working on was Yeah, my, my club, I was actually working toward my club 20 and that was, you know, an ongoing process. So it would be like kind of the shit sandwich, if you will. So tried and tested, do some new in the middle and then um, tried and tested to, to finish. And the writing kind of happens in that I have, I have an idea. I write it down. I perform it, go back and, and, and refine it. Because for me, I'll ha- I, it, it takes me a while to kind of get rid of the excess uh, words,
1: mm. as you can
2: probably notice in the way that I talk. Yeah, huh. but <laughs> it just takes me a while to, to, to get down to the, you know, the Brim setup punchline. I tend to be really kind of surgical about things. Mm. So it can take me a while to refine it. And I have sort of, a, a, so a lot of the writing would happen in the performance space. Oh. Um and then I record and listen back to it and then refine it from there and, now, is, it, and is
0: it a specific oh sorry no 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 actually. no. please
2: go ahead no I was gonna to ask it. is it is it a very specific
0: thing approaching a 20 minute um set like opposed to doing a five minute one or uh or maybe an hour show uh, I think
2: so yeah I think so because in terms of joke hit rate in a five minute set you want to have a you want to have a joke every at least at minimum 30 seconds hmm. and um you know people will get tired if you have that same hit rate in a in a 20. and they're also for me like one of the joys is uh storytelling you know I I've been described as somebody who's like a storytelling comedian mm. and in that it's about writing the story and peppering in the jokes so that for you could you know you can have a five minute set that's one long story that's fine but you've got to pepper in the jokes I tend to you know not really care too much about cutting from topic to topic but yeah I think it's a very different skill set writing a five writing a 10 writing a 20 but also Um, over the course of gigging you discover your rhythm you discover that pace and only when I started thinking about um I mean comedy stand-up comedy is such a skill it's
1: Mm. You know,
2: they have the you have your strict timings, your strict forms. In the US, I think you have three minute spots in open mics, which is insane. Yeah, it's incredible. But yeah, so I, I think it is a very specific skill to write to all those different timings. And you and
0: you've gigged in the US and in the UK then. I
2: haven't actually. No, ah. I only really gigged here. I started stand-up comedy in the US. So I've been here for 10 years. And I think I when did I start stand-up? I think I really officially started in like twenty. 2016 2017 Um, So
0: that's that's interesting to be to come from the home of stand-up comedy but to do it yeah it's weird yeah it is
2: yeah I mean it's um in fact I have I can say pretty honestly like it it, the idea of doing stand-up in the U.S. is kind of scary I know Mm. I I mean I'd like to do it at some point but so much of my material is based around being uh,
0: American in the the UK UK. Yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah
0: Okay well that's great and now um, you were going to go on to this earlier but um, what, how has the writing process changed now we are we're locked in our homes?
2: Yeah I think mentally at first what I have the capacity to do is go and review my old stuff so I have a lot I had a lot of note like piles of notes pile. you know you get the I, I tend to write everything down on a piece of paper and before I go to a gig I have my set like the subjects kind of written out I don't write on my hand but yeah it's effectively the same thing and I just had these piles of um of paper and so what I could do was go back and kind of do the admin of it like categorize mm-hmm. my material and go back through it and rewrite it so like Ernest, Hem- Ernest Hemingway says that writing is rewriting Mm. And that's what I had in my mental capacity to do. So I went back and reviewed a lot of my material and then slowly, but surely I did have to do some gigs. Um, I, and I could apply like the new order of things, or I could stand up for me Is such a, it's such a live writing process Mm. that without the payoff of doing a gig, the writing itself becomes even harder. So I guess, like reviewing old material over this lockdown felt satisfying. And it felt like I could hone in on exactly what my voice was, what I was trying to say, making those jokes even better. Um, And then thinking about like within a set, what's the flow? Where do I want to get to um, in my 10 spot, my 15 spot, my 20 spot? As and when I have, when I start, and I'm putting this out into the ether, but as and when I start getting booked for like 20s, that's um, awesome yeah yeah
0: wow that's a really great answer this is exactly i knew you'd ha- have a good answer <laughs> like this uh, and this is exactly um the sort of stuff we want to be getting into on this podcast great. well um you, you also do other things as well not stand-up comedy so you
2: write
1: you write sketches don't you and you... yeah how about the voiceover stuff i've met that, that's i've never met a voice artist before how do how did you get that yeah. what is that
2: well um, so i I trained, uh, trained as an actor and um, I think I, part of it, I was able to get into, uh, because I have an, a, a less common accent in a country, you know, I have an American accent in, in, in the UK. So that did help, but training as an actor and a performer, it, you know, the voice is informed by, uh, you were talking about it before, you know, being in touch with your emotions. So you know, as a man, you could decide just to fuck the ground or you could get in <laughs> touch with, you know, get in touch with your emotions and you know, but voiceover is it's so much about like playing the characters and acting and, and uh, emoting. So that's really that's how I got into it. But it was it was similar to stand-up comedy, It was a long process. I had to figure out what my what my voice was, my my, the voice that I get booked on uh, for commercials and for various things is very close to this voice right now it's very neutral it's sort of informative and cheerful and bright like I'm going to tell you what to do but you're not going to feel like an idiot you know like kind of (laughs) you're a complete dumbass but that's okay (laughs) like that it's it's that voice but it is in the same way that we're trying to find our comedy voice i had to figure out what my what my voiceover voices were and get that on a on a reel to then send to either clients on something like mandy.com or you know they'll have advertisements for voiceover and their voiceover websites where you can just apply for jobs but yeah it was a long process i didn't get an agent until probably two or three years into having made a really solid voice reel that showed you know what I could do and it's again it's the same thing as like honing a five minute set or honing a ten just figuring out like what's my voice what am I selling what's my point of view that kind of stuff.
0: One of of the themes we've definitely I've definitely picked up in a few of these interviews is how it I mean a huge element of doing any of this stuff is doing is getting the technical skill, yeah. But it's, but it's also a level of self discovery as Absolutely. well, which yeah, which I find really interesting, and I think yeah. is, uh, you know, it shows a really good benefit of getting involved in art and how anyone can benefit from it. But anyway, let's um, uh, you know, let's hear. Uh, oh bloody hell, uh, I'm stuttering my words today. Don't worry uh, <laughs> about it. You're all good, man. It's fine. Liz, um, what what You're have you got going you on? Is car. there anything? Sorry. What would you say, Carl? <laughs> yeah.
1: You're just trying not to call you a cunt again. I know. <laughs> no, he's, so, he's
0: trying to hold back. It's I've never called anyone
1: that before,
0: so I don't know why it's just come out of my mouth today. Uh, well, in front of is, people like, on the internet. It's,
2: it's, this sounds so funny, but it's like anything like that is actually a gift. Like, <laughs> but it's—I mean—it made the whole time. It's like it's—it's it's funny, and that okay. shit like that happen will happen on stage. And you Hooray. just use it. You just go with it. It's funny.
0: So anyway, Liz, Liz, um, we can't let you go without you telling us where we can find you, what oh, projects you have got going on. So sure. what, what have you, what have you got? What, what, so, where can we follow you? Right. Where can we learn more about um,
2: you? Right. So my, uh, my Instagram, my Twitter is, uh, Liz Guterbach. Very easy, very straightforward. Um, and yes. Yeah, so on, I'm doing. I I run workshops with uh Angel Comedy. And, and the angel comedy writing gyms i'm not sure if anybody if you guys are aware of those but they have, of yeah but they have lots of great um stand-ups running workshops and i run i'm running one on the 26th of march um and then I've, i'll basically they get lots of stand-ups to do them and then you can drop in and i think they're on thursday friday saturday sunday mm. so but Mine is happening on the 26th of March. Um, I'm going to be doing an Instagram show with the Free Association on the 9th of March. It's musical improv and we'll be impersonating celebrities. It's really stupid and really fun. So um, you can see that. And then that's, that's pretty much it. Otherwise, I'm just going to be hanging out in a backdrop that looks like I'm inside a womb. And Lovely.
0: I'm
2: going <laughs> to go with it.
0: Yeah, Liz, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, that those that stuff all sounds great. If you're listening, great. you should definitely watch that. Thank you, thanks so much. Thanks for joining so the much. Podcast.
2: Really nice to see you guys. And we'll it's see
0: you on time. the circuit. At some yeah, point. for sure. Bye. Bye. Oh, what a great chat. Uh, <laughs> Liz is yeah that Liz is really good and really, uh, really you know really good to get into the actual technique of it and how people produce these things and approach it different ways. It was great. Proper,
1: proper, thorough answers. And yeah. being called a cunt, amazingly. I know. I know. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. What? What am I doing? Uh, look. Uh, um, so let's have a look, quick look at the comment before we can. Uh, before we go to our next guest, we've got. I think you've muted yourself. Me. Uh, uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Nick? Uh, okay. Well, I don't know what's going on there. Oh, I muted you.
1: Okay,
0: oh, <laughs> Rod has muted me <laughs> on his computer. <laughs> <laughs> and he's contacted the class to say he thinks I'm muted. <laughs> what a mitten head I am. Okay, well, this is good. Uh, it's good to know. <laughs> And then um, what's she, okay, well, it's just, they're just people are just chatting to each other. Well, that's, uh, that's, and oh yeah, and some, some reminiscence from the, the Butler gig and, uh, and Izzy confirming that uh, the Butler is indeed a rough pub, but uh, but a nice pub. And we'll actually, we've actually got the person who runs the open mic there coming on, uh, coming on later in the year. So yeah. So anyway, anyway, enough of the comments. We've got a we've got a brilliant we've got a real treat for you today. We've got uh she's she's a great stand up comic, and she has also written an amazing book called The Unstoppable Letty Peg, which is about uh, the suffragettes doing jujitsu. Which is I think I think it's an incredible book. Um, and it has um, it's actually very nuanced.
1: Sorry, it's a great premise.
0: Yeah, and it well, it, well, it hist- it's historically accurate as well, and and it's very and also it's very nuanced because it'd be very easy that so that, I mean we we've got a lot of time, Izzy, so we won't overrun. But uh, and, but basically, it's 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 about a girl called Letty Peg and her mum's a suffragette and her dad is a Izzy can probably explain this better than me actually. Yeah, but well, all, I
1: want you get the person to explain her own book on.
0: Yeah, yeah. All I'll just say is that it's very nuanced. It's it's nuanced. That's what I wanted to say. Can we please welcome the, inc- the boss the incredible Izzy Lawrence. Izzy, thank you for joining us.
3: Hello. That was that was very nice. Thank you for not calling me a cunt. I know. Uh, sorry, <laughs> and I, it's I so narrowly sweet. avoided
0: mansplaining your book to everyone. Uh, no,
3: well. no, no. It was good. I was enjoying it because I've forgotten. It was ages <laughs> ago I wrote that now. Um, but no, it is. It is about a little girl whose mum suffered debt. Dad's a policeman, and she gets stuck in the middle of it because obviously the police are out arresting the suffragettes, and it's a bit difficult when you're parents why, are something like that. So yeah, it, it, what it, I liked so, about was, it, was it would be
0: very easy to have the the suffragette mum as the good character and the the policeman dad as the bad character. But what I thought was interesting was that you also managed that the class dynamic of him being a working class man and being a fully formed human, which
3: yeah. which
0: which was quite nice. Yeah. So I thought that was yeah. really. I really the baddie that.
3: in my book is Winston Churchill. Yeah, I know. He was, baddie.
0: <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah, It was great. I really I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it and recommended cool. it to people. And we'll get into how you wrote that later. But first, Izzy, can you tell me a bit about yourself, you're you're um, obviously a stand-up comic and author. Tell me yes. a bit about yourself.
3: Unemployed stand-up comedian. Um, <laughs> I've spent a lot of my time making podcasts and doing podcasts at the moment. So I've present. I'm a history presenter as well, so I've been going into London and standing in front of people, going, "Hey!" Uh, it's been weird during lockdown. I've done. A, I, I know a lot about Edward the Eighth. Anyway, oh. so uh yeah, so I've been I be I do history presenting. I've um presented a show called Making History on Radio 4. I um write books, as we've discussed. I doodle mm. a lot. This mug I'm drinking out of, that's one of my see you say it's for artists. I draw to. That's a, oh. a dog. A slightly yeah. shiny dog. Um but yeah, so I do, I do all sorts of things and I've been doing more all sorts of things in lockdown. It's one of the times when I'm actually very happy. That I didn't focus on anything in particular
1: <laughs> because
3: <laughs> lockdown has really helped that. Because if I'd really focused on stand up comedy, I'd have had a mental breakdown. Yeah. Whereas because I'm quite disparate and I've got fingers in a lot of different pots, I'm able to go, oh, I'll just start a dinosaur podcast, and oh, I will go and do more graphic design work for people because I need some cash and, oh, I will do some more history-presenting stuff. This is fun. And I get to chat to you guys and still go, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm, a professional stand-up comedian.
0: Yeah, you get the status it's... of being a stand-up comedian, but the income of all the other activities.
3: Yes. <laughs> and all of it's kind of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In terms of income. However, it's, it's well, quite, Yeah, it's OK, maybe hard. not the income, but you get the
0: other stuff as well, the fulfilment. Yeah,
3: exactly. So never limit yourself. Don't ever judge yourself by income because... Some of your biggest successes will not be the most. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. And, and also that's a good
0: lesson for people at home as well, the idea of, mm. of it's okay to do lots of different things and, uh, to, you know, you don't have to just do one thing. You know, it's, it's you can be well-rounded like Izzy is.
3: Oh, so well-rounded. So I'm, Izzy... i um, more um... rounds than I was because I've been eating... <laughs> but... Not he? stress is... eating. Mm. Izzy... Tim... <laughs>
0: Obviously, you're your children's book author.
3: Um, yes. How, how how
0: do you go? How did you go around writing this book? Uh, how well,
3: did? I mean, uh, the premise. I I basically I made a thing for Radio Four about suffragettes and jujitsu, and because they did it, and um, this got May Pick of the Week, and so it went around Twitter. You know, things that get on that show do, and a children's um, a- editor at Bloomsbury. Just jokingly wrote what a good children's book it would make. And so I, yes, it would, it would make a children's book. So I had the setting before I had the story. So uh, the way that I work, if you're writing, I really recommend writing historical fiction because there are events and people and things already on the page. Mm. You have to set it in a certain time, there are certain things, and then it's more like joining the dots than it is like paint a masterpiece. So you're really restricted with what you can get in at certain times. And also when you're suffering writer's block, it's much nicer because like I never suffered writer's block um writing this book. Uh what I did do though was research um about the weather. And so made sure that I got the weather accurate on certain days. Uh Mm. because it's wait in the olden times, you know, like in the paper they have the weather forecast. Mm. Well in edwardian times they had the weather what had happened so they reported (laughs) on the weather like you weren't there it was it's it's a really odd thing so i i basically you know the weather is accurate in this book you know some of the names and things are wrong but the weather is (laughs) it's it's Um, that thing
0: like english people talking about the weather isn't it
3: yeah it's very important it's a very 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 1910 very wet November very oh. wet November on record it was it's surprisingly wet um so anyway uh and it is actually raining on the cover of the book you can sort of see it in it glints but mm. um, it's it's quite nice yeah uh, oh, you can't yeah.
0: so is it, if one of our listeners was like I I don't I've never written anything in my life but mm. I, I want to try and write a book it's something I've always thought about and I've never had I've never just had the owners to do it. What, what would you say to that person how, how would you tell them to approach I'd it? I'd say
3: it's got to be perfect. And <laughs> no, uh, it, just do it. Writing, it's a bit like stand-up comedy. Everybody sort of goes, oh, I want to be a stand-up comedian. We'll get mm. on stage. Do you want to be a mm. writer? Write. You know, that's that's it. People sort of pretend there's this big hierarchy of who is the best and who is the best. it's If you're doing it, you're doing it. Um, so I would suggest just doing it. I write in a very different way to some people. Um, mm. Some people tend to sort of sit down. They start at the beginning and they write. Hmm. we get to the end I don't do that I stare out the window and go okay so where's the conflict who are the main protagonists what would happen how can I stop that happening to make them change and how so I really think of it like you I, I, up, I, I draw the lego before I put the lego together as it were so I make the little lego book about how I'm going to do it and then I then all I'm doing when I'm writing is just filling in the blanks um,
0: so you do to, the structure you know, first put, and you then you're, you're writing yeah, to make the I structure do. happen
3: Otherwise, I get lost. And also with historical fiction, you will go, oh, I can't fit that in because that's got to happen on that day. And if that mm. doesn't happen on that day, I have to change history and I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> so, I've been spending lockdown writing a second novel, which ah. will be out in autumn, called... Um, Oh, hang on! This is this. Is, I think this is an exclusive, Nick.
1: <gasps> wow!
0: I think the
3: title of this book is an exclusive to this show.
0: Wow, that's called, incredible!
3: <laughs> yeah, there we go. Like, so it's called "Billy Swift Takes Flight," uh, wow. which was the. Once again, this is the publishers doing it. I wanted to call it the spy, the spitfire and a chicken called Susan. Mm. However, uh, this is called Billy Smith takes flights, takes obviously Second World War and um, that will be out in autumn. And I've been pulling my hair out over that over lockdown. So that's been my little... So, uh,
0: what's that about and how and how are you approaching that? Uh, and how is, how is it different through lockdown as well? Uh, I know that's okay. a lot of things.
3: Much easier during lockdown because there's a lot of time to sit. And you don't have to travel to gigs and take your laptop with you and hope that you've got a bit of time in a cafe to write a few words. Um, so you've got more time in lockdown, but also mm. it's harder to do the research. So what I love um. to do is go to the place and do the stuff. And so I had to wait and go to where I needed to go. So the next book is um Second World War and it's set over in maidenhead there we go um it's set in a place called white waltham where there is an airfield every time you see a little plane buzzing over reading you will know that that little plane probably took off from white waltham and during the second world war that was the headquarters of the ata or air transport auxiliary gosh it sounds like a great kid's book is <laughs> he this sounds fantastic well well nick actually <laughs> the ata mainly employed old and disabled men to oh. um to, to basically fly the planes for the raf from the factories to the RAF bases oh. and also they also employed women so <sighs> loads of women flying spitfires and flying massive bombers all over the country um oh. for the ata and this little kid lives and works but why did we, we learn wonder. about this
0: in history is he
3: exactly why didn't we it's about boring women and there's no explosions. Except there um. are explosions. Obviously I wrote the book there's going to be explosions. And I'm is quite it quite like violence.
0: Is it a children's book or is this it is uh... a children's book. Oh, it wow. is.
3: But so I tend to think that all books children's books, if children can read. However, um I also I know adults who have read this because they do jiu-jitsu and they know about suffragettes and they've enjoyed it. So I, I tend to read quite a lot of children's books. I, I, can, I can prove that. But here's a children's book right here that isn't mine. So um, I, I do like kids' books, mainly because, you know, adults can be so whiny. And, <laughs> and kids just get on with the I felt personally attacked mainly... by that,
0: Izzy. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, kids like, kids like things like food and, like you know, approval and, like you know, friends, whereas mm-hmm. adults whinge on about sex and romance. And who cares? so um yeah it's uh it's basically I, I really recommend reading all fictions and different styles and non-fiction as well but fiction does i think help weirdly i think it helps you psychologically i think it makes you grow a bit
0: yeah i i went for a phase where i just read uh revolutionary socialist literature and i don't oh, think no that hell. was good for my like uh, mental health or or the but i
3: think and... that would have been fine if you hadn't then gone on the internet and read what other people were writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's quite yeah. No yeah. I, I understand, I understand. Because you can get into a little hole of why can't you see what I see?
0: well, you can get what you can do is if you if you read all the same things, I think you can get blinkers on and then you yeah. and then when something's outside those blinkers, you can get very angry and become this unreasonable person. So reading lots of things and being it makes you more well rounded. But anyway, Josh, we're not here to talk about my nonsense. Uh, that's <laughs> I'm thinking what Mark Marin does where he just does talk has people over to talk to do therapy with him. Um <laughs> Izzy, what are you working on? It? So you're working on this thing at the moment. Um... So
3: yeah, a bit still doing the edits and a bit of that. I'm I'm, I'm sort of between projects. I've still got a few Terrible Lizards episodes to edit and do that sort of stuff on. And I am semi-trying to resurrect the Z-List Deadlist. But the trouble is, the Z-List Deadlist was a show I used to do as a live comedy show about obscure people from history. So I'd get people on and talk about dead person from history. And then I'd make a little podcast about it. And what happened was lockdown. So I don't have any live shows. Shows. I've got a few old clips of me which I haven't put out yet so I'm thinking oh should I carry this on because it's still it's still getting quite a lot of downloads even though it's kind of like stopped and so I'm I'm sort of semi going oh should I do this or should I not and what if I mm, I don't know it has to be perfect etc so I'm doing that sort of like because how do you it sounds like a, yeah. it sounds like a theme of um of
0: your work is that perfectionism is something you have to to do with and
3: well fortunately it's never been an issue of actually being perfect um no it, it's one of these things i think that a lot of people do is that they think if it's not perfect i can't do it and actually once you realize it's a, a lot of stand-ups i think mm-hmm. it would improve if they thought oh i don't actually have to be funny suddenly you're very funny <laughs> because if you try and be funny, it's a bit, it's forcing it, and the audience goes, oh, this is desperate. oh, And mm. they can feel it. So once you realize, oh, actually, I don't actually, I genuinely don't care if you laugh or not, suddenly you're hilarious. And you're like, where were you when I needed you? <laughs> <Kids>. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, get, I often get angry at audiences when they laugh at me. When I'm not because well, really they did play. do it 10 years ago. No, when, exactly. When you really needed like, it. Okay, I told that joke before now, and I actually told it better and I hit it better, and you lot would just stare at me like, no, you're not funny, funny. And now where I'm muttering it and just getting through it because I need to say the next bit, you're finding it hilarious. And actually, I want to get to the next bit. Shut up. I've only got a limited <laughs> amount of time. Shut up. It's not that funny. The next bit is. See, okay. there's the next bit, and now you find it funny, don't you? Thank you. That's that's the sort of attitude occasionally that you get into. That's the that's successful
0: right. attitude that has made you the comedian you are.
3: Exactly. Right. It's <laughs> made me an arrogant. I, I, but the, the trouble is, though, that when they don't laugh at you, occasionally I'm just like, I agree. I really agree. I don't <laughs> want to worse. be here either. You don't want me here. And it, it's like awful. When the
1: audience forth.
0: becomes the voice inside your head, that's not good.
3: Well, it, it's kind of like it's not even like it's my fault or their fault. Like I had to, like I had to do like fifteen minutes before Stuart Lee in front of a Stuart uh, Lee crowd. Mm. And can you imagine just having to imagine you're there to see Stuart Lee? Mm. Like, and I'm just, and, and I'm here just going, I'm so sorry. Right, he's not going to come out until I've said stuff, <laughs> and it's literally like standing in between Mummy Bear and her cubs. It's just not. Not a uh, good idea. And so, yeah, I really don't recommend... I've done warm-up for a lot of people, like... Um, um, I remember that Alan next I asked me
0: to, um, to open for
3: him. Knows, it's <laughs> horrible work. Like, I mean, going before Alan Davis, when the crowd has not been told that there's an act on before, mm. and you're just there going, hi, guys, I know, he is here, don't um, panic. We've got to... He's just getting ready and stuff. I'm going... I. You need to get warm. We need to get together. You need to know not... I need to give you all the rules. And I'm also going to tell you a few dick jokes because that'll help. I promise. Yeah. And you have to just be honest and just go, this is not about me, um, which is always a shame.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Izzy, it's been great to have you on the podcast. And oh, right. it's really, really nice to have, uh, have, you know, a perspective of someone who, who does it for a living. I mean, that's really exciting. And um well, don't
3: be like at all, do I? Yeah, but I don't know it's funny. They could probably win again about, for a while. The thing about comedy is, again. you look up
0: to all these people, and then you and then you're hanging out with them. It's very I strange. Do you not. <laughs> sorry, Cole, were you going to say something there? I think I interrupted. I was just just uh, a past tense. Mm.
3: I mean, oh yeah,
0: stand up exactly. Did it.
3: <laughs> but anyway, so look, there is there is a th- yeah. Sorry, you're trying to wrap up. I'll shut
0: up. <laughs> yes, that's what I was going to say is that Izzy. Do you have anything you want to plug to our listeners at home?
3: If you like uh, me, go to izzy.com. There you go. izzy.com. It's spelled weird, but I got the dot com, so sharp. <laughs> um, also, I do a podcast called Terrible Lizards, which is all about dinosaurs, and I really recommend it because it's actually really interesting. It's not, there are funny things in it, but it's just informative, and I can tell you all the other I do it with my friend Dave Hone, who's a paleontologist. He's like really good. So, um, terriblelizards.co.uk, uh, or find all the links at izzy.com, i s z i.com.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, Izzy, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, and we'll, we'll obviously have you at Matrix Comedy at some point. Yeah, we'll see you in a bit. Oh, what a great episode we've had today!
1: An <laughs> action packed isn't it? Yeah, been... it, all, it, all, it all kicked off from your C bomb. You yeah, I'm the here.
0: real hero of this episode, clearly. <laughs> um, okay, well, look, what have we learned? This, I think we've learned quite a few things today. I think I'll go through mine and then maybe. What I think we've learned is to avoid protection, protectionism, <laughs> free trade, um, avoid avoid perfectionism. That's an important part, uh, how that, and if you want to do something like stand up or writing, the best thing is just to do it. Uh, the idea that you don't have to restrict yourself to one thing that you can be well-rounded and you can get a lot from dabbling in lots of different things. And actually that can help you a lot. Uh, we've got loads of stuff from Liz about how art is a journey of self-discovery, and you have to think about your emotions and how you feel about things, and and really think about who you are and what you're
1: selling, and how that can help you as an act. Carl, am I am I missing anything? I think uh, what I learned from this is if you're going to do anything like stand-up comedy or podcasting or anything that involves public speaking. You should practice doing tongue twisters before you come on and talking to guests, so you know what is coming out of your mouth. That is, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes we, tale. <laughs> Sometimes we have to fail at things to
0: learn things. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, look, uh, guys, um, thank you so much for watching the podcast. Uh, we are uh, every Sunday at eleven a.m. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do write us a nice review on Facebook. We're getting lots of really good feedback from people, which is lovely. But if you get a chance, yeah, give us a review or help people find us. Uh, Carl, you, you've got your podcast uh, this week. This, playlist. Playlist.
1: this week's playlist with Carl Richard. Uh, every every Monday evening on Spotify, there's a new episode. Episode number seven comes out tomorrow. And also subscribe to the Mates Rates Comedy Club uh, YouTube channel as well, because these are all going on there too. That's now building up a nice collection of stuff. And um, yeah, that's that's me.
0: Yeah, have a lovely weekend. And in the meantime, keep writing.
1: stop the show stop the show ah uh, uh...